Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hi, everybody. Okay, today we're going to be talking about fairness, disqualification, comparison, and unicorns. Okay, so here's something that's been going on in our household. We have three kiddos. Um, Isaac is five and three quarters, as he is very happy to let everybody know. Judah is four and a half and Eden is two and a half. And being like that there's three children and they're all like relatively close in age, they tend to compare a lot about their stuff and what is fair and what's not fair. And if somebody gets more of something or less of something or more time or has to go to bed early, like that's just been this like recently this ongoing theme of this just feels like total injustice (laughs) that everything isn't like allotted perfectly piece by piece like bean by bean literally so I was thinking about this the other day because Isaac our oldest is um, like super literal by nature and analytical and likes to think things through and therefore likes to kind of communicate or um, I don't know really think about his experience and bring it to our attention when he feels like he has been wronged in some way and so this came up this week when Judah and Eden we're getting something different than he did. And what he didn't realize is that he was the one who was actually like going to benefit. So because he's the oldest, like we had, we, um, we did do something different for the little kids, but we were giving him an opportunity to do something different as the oldest. So here's what happened. He starts losing his mind (laughs) as, as all wonderful children do. And He's just looking at me and so upset. And he's like, it's not fair. This is not fair. And I looked at him and I had like this flashback to my own childhood. And I don't know if you're having this yourself, but what did your parents or adults, what did they say to you when you said, it's not fair? Did they say, life's not fair? (laughs) Like, I can remember receiving that refrain and feeling like that is so unhelpful. Like, so you're just telling me that there's just going to be more of this. And yes, there's truth. Like there's truth in that euphemism or that whatever that um, refrain. But it's not like it wasn't going to help me in the moment move out of this place of feeling like I'm absolutely like injustice is occurring. and There's nothing I can do about it. So I looked at my little guy and I was just like, Isaac, like. One, um, fair is not the goal, okay? Fair is not the goal, not in this conversation. Also, do you trust that mommy and daddy have your best interests at heart and that we always will work things to your good? And so he, like, looks at me and he had to decide a couple things. One, um that he couldn't hold them both at once. If it was unfair and yet he still trusted us, then he would have to realize that we were going to work it out. And the idea that fair isn't the goal 
it kind of takes the steam out of that argument a little bit. Like this isn't about fair. This isn't about fairness. Like that's not what this part is for. Do we have conversations about justice and what's fair and right and wrong and good and bad and all those things? Absolutely. I've read like children's activist books to my children since they were in the womb. So, so fair is a concept I understand, but in the context of this, I wanted him to understand that fair is not the goal. And if we could put this back into a relationship concept that, hey, look at me. Do you trust me that I am going to make good on this? And if so, then we're going to be able to get beyond this right away. So this fair thing has been lingering in my head. And I started thinking about that. I had a couple clients come in this week, a conversation with a friend, and it kind of continued to stir, but in a couple different ways. I had a client who um, chronically will not give herself permission to have her own feelings because she compares them to other people's sufferings, okay? So I feel anxious or sad or this or that, but other people have it so much harder. Okay, so that comparison thing is permitting anything from being different because the reality is there will most likely always be someone who has it harder or worse or different than you. And so that like that statement of, oh, but other people, oh, but her or that family or this or that, like while it sounds compassionate is really stunting like your own growth from moving or getting out of the out of the experience of feeling anxious or depressed. Like it's a it's a real quick deflection. It's a protection of having to actually deal with our own anxiety or depression or feeling or whatever. And this kind of thing happens all the time. And people um, almost don't feel like they have a right to their own emotion or the right to their own um, self-compassion, probably because people call that pity or self-pity. And it's it's not that. Um, it is okay to say, I am sad. <laughs> this is hard. And comparison is going to rob you of your opportunity to acknowledge like the, your own difficulty or your own struggle. And if you do that, then you're not going to be able to actually get through it to the other side because you're going to like check out or bounce halfway through your process. So when that feeling comes up of this isn't fair, or when that feeling comes up of this is hard, and then you scoot out the side to say, well, other people or this sucks or we go to some other place, some other half step out of our experience that we don't get to watch the full circle of what happens when we sit with our struggle of when we say this is difficult and this is hard and I feel anxious and I wish this wasn't the case and, 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 because what happens when you keep on circling that you can say, and you, and I'm making it and I'm figuring out and I'm sitting here in therapy and I've called that friend or I've prayed this week or I'm doing this and you know what, I'm going to get through this. So now all of a sudden the rest of that cycle, you come out on the other side saying, okay, it's on. Okay, I can do this. All right. I'm not alone in this. And so I think sometimes what happens is we, we, um, we tend to bail before the thing's done. We back out of that feeling of I'm not in control or this is bigger than me or I don't like this experience of vulnerability or discomfort. Therefore, I'll shut that down and almost like an emotional squirrel, be like, see, other people's problems, or um, make it about something that's not really about. 
And so what we try to do is, is give ourselves, or I want to give you an opportunity to kind of sit more in that moment, to linger a little more in the space before there's resolution, because sometimes we need that tension or that gray space to really give birth to that feeling of solution, of resolution, of strength, of overcoming, of grace. So the other thing I was thinking about the other day is I grew up swimming and we would have these swim meets and we would have to swim. We'd start like swimming off the blocks and the blocks that we would swim off of were um, these elevated like fiberglass, like, <laughs> so they were, I don't know how to explain them. If you don't know what you, I don't know, Google it. Okay. But they, these swimming blocks, they were not what they are today. These things were super wonky and wobbly and they're also, they were on this angle. And so I have terrible balance, which is probably why water sports were better for me than land sports. But I would be standing on the block and when you, when they would, the person, ref, whatever, would say, okay, swimmers, take your marks. And then you have to put your hands down on the bottom of the block. And now, not only are you on something that's literally forcing you into the pool, now you're leaning forward towards it. And I would be so absolutely paranoid of falling in the pool ahead of time which would be a, like a DQ or a disqualification that I would try to like lean back and wait to make sure I really heard the whistle blew. Because if you went too soon um, or you started before the whistle blew, then you were disqualified from the event. So I was thinking about that idea of like of disqualifying or like um, not even really getting a chance to start in the same idea of how we disqualify ourselves like this. So I have a friend and she is legitimately going through something difficult. She lost her sister to cancer. Um, her sister had three children. She has three children of her own. While she is helping to raise all six children, she gets her own cancer diagnosis. And that, like, that is objectively hard. Like, we're not... <laughs> that's, that's objectively hard. And when I'm talking to her, she says, I know, but at least there's children in Africa that... And I, like looked at her and was like, are you for real right now? Like, are we, we're not even going to have this conversation. You are literally like DQing yourself. You're disqualifying yourself from even getting in the pool. Like your situation is hard. And if you look at the children in Africa, then you will never get a chance to grieve your sister or feel afraid of your own cancer you're going to you're going to stop before you even start and we had to sit for a moment and i feel like it finally cracked something in her when she was like okay and let herself sob let herself heal right because that's that's what it is sometimes we're so damn afraid of falling in the pool cuz we're not really sure what it's going to be like or feel like or what's going to happen or how we're going to do or is someone going to going to help us through that or are there even going to be lane lines or, or ways that I can mark my progress and, and what happens if I feel sad for myself or grieve this or feel anxious about that and yeah there are children in Africa that are suffering but that literally will not resolve any of your own pain like it you can deal with that on a different day. <laughs> like there, there are ways for you to be, be involved in that human suffering on another day, but it doesn't disqualify your human suffering or your human experience. So it's, 
I'm wondering almost like what is this drawing up for you? Like, like what are the ways in which you might push away from that feeling of this isn't fair? Other people have it worse. There are children in, in Africa. What is your, what is your syndrome? I feel like mine this week was like the grass is always greener, like on the other side. Like I, I found myself wanting to, it's like I want to scratch all the scratchers and see like what are, were all the other options. Like would I have won if I would have scratched the other numbers? Um, I want to see what else is there. So I like found myself looking up uh, doc- doctoral programs this week and came home and told my husband, like, oh, I, I've got it all solved. Like, this is what I'm going to do next. I'm going to go back and get my PhD. And he he looked at me, one, like I was crazy, and and that was probably also true. And he's like, honey, like, when is enough enough? When is enough enough? What And what I had to, like, after I had to, like, go downstairs and, like, cry for a little bit and, <laughs> and write my journal, because I realized that it, I indeed would not be starting my PhD program this week, that what am I doing? Like, what am I avoiding? When is enough enough? At what point will I be satisfied or stoked or just at rest or at peace with what's just right here? It was my own way out of feeling like the, the, the not yet portion of what I want. <laughs> Let me say that in another way. It's like, sometimes we are in a place where there is a glimpse of what's coming, but we're not there yet. Like I want that experience or to arrive in some way or to have that feeling over with or into the next season of this. And so we can do all sorts of different things in the interim, right? Deflect to somebody else's pain, fall apart like Isaac, where it's like everything is the worst and this isn't fair. Compare ourselves to things that are so far out of our own world that we'll always lose. Um, Or stay in a hustle so deep that we're not even really paying attention to what's here and now. There are so many ways that we can pull ourselves away from what we're actually dealing with and call it something else. Like for Isaac, it's like, I know that it's not literally about how, who got more graham crackers. Like for him, I think he felt like, am I the same as my brother and sister? Like, do you see me and will you listen to what I have to say? Will you care for my needs as much as theirs? And that's why I brought our relationship back into that context, that this, the goal is not fair. It's do you trust that I will provide for you in a way that I do see your needs and I'm going to make good on it, buddy. And for my client that was in my office this week, that it's not about other people's suffering. It's about you not giving yourself permission to just deal with what's right in front of you, probably because you're intimidated that you won't be able to do it. That it's a lot easier to worry about your neighbor's kids, that it's a lot easier to deal with your friend's marriage than your own. Because at least it's not like that, right? Like how many times will we stop our own process and not make room for ourselves because someone else has it harder or worse or someone else's needs come first? We are not delivering the whole thing. So there's something else I was was thinking about is in response to all this, wherever you find yourself on this pendulum of like keeping you from being here with you is you need to let yourself have your emotions. Like you're, you're entitled, how therapist is that, right? But you need to be able to feel all your feelings. Give yourself permission to have the whatever feelings that you have. 
and to do it in a way where you don't hold yourself hostage or other people hostage with, with them forever, okay? So how do you allow yourself to have an emotion, recognize that you are feeling whatever it is, sad, anxious, even happy? Like, what is it? Can you stop deflecting or finishing the feeling all the way through by just staying with it? Can you give yourself some time to feel all your feelings all the way through until completion? And don't hold yourself hostage with it like Isaac in the kitchen. Don't, don't, don't stay so long with, with a feeling of overwhelm that it immobilizes you or paralyzes you. We're not talking about um, giving way to, I will now not move in my depression because she told me to feel all of my feelings. Nope. Um, we also don't hold people hostage with it so long that it's the only conversation we have. That everyone in our life knows that this is the only thing that's happening and we stick with that so long that we're actually using talking about it as a way to avoid actually doing something about it. So when you think about ways to give yourself some space to feel all your stuff, you have to actually make room for that like in your physical life. So I have like a specific blanket that I use that I feel like I, I'll throw down around the house, like um, on our bedroom floor or outside in the backyard or somewhere where I'm like, I need to go and make that space, like actual space. And I'll lay it out there and I'll just go sit there and kind of check in. Like, how am I doing? What's going on? What's stressing me out? What am I thankful for? What's coming up this week? Like, it's my cue to myself to stop and sit and enter the here and now and kind of find out what's going on. Like, and I can't avoid it. I'm going to let whatever show up at this on this blanket show up. I bring my journal so I can kind of write it out and process it. Um, another way that we can kind of make space for our own experience is doing meditation. Really giving ourselves some like headspace to allow all the things to come up. I recently put up um, a couple of those meditations um, on this podcast as well, so you can check those out. A short one is just called guided meditation, and the longer one is a progressive meditation, and it's, that's more like a body experience. You can call friends, you can pray, you can journal, but make space for your experience. The other thing I was thinking is um, the unicorns. So... My trifecta of best friends and my husband all fall in to this blessed unicorn category, okay? When I think about, like, the, like the um, semi-ease with which they, like, see good in this world um, or have relationships with their family or their, like, childhoods or things that, like, typically usually have like skeletons or ghosts in them and like to watch that for them that it was good and beautiful and pleasant and wonderful and how if they decided that their story didn't compare to others tragedy and decided they wouldn't share about it like it wasn't significant or it's too small then we wouldn't really know I wouldn't know that those childhoods are possible and wouldn't hope that for my children so we don't always come at it from this angle that when we suffer, we somehow have more right to the conversation. We need to make room for that unicorn experience. I have absolutely lived through some of their stories in hopes that my children will get to have an experience like that, that I could have an experience like that. Like when I hear about their good marriage, I'm like, yes, that's, that is, that's what I'm talking about. 
when I hear stories about like how their mom showed up for them or how she knows them so how she knows her so intimately, like and the funny thing she says, like I'm like I want to be that mom. I want a relationship like that with my daughter. So when if you are the unicorn in your own life or in your situation, don't be silent. Don't feel like you're going to um, shoot the conversation to the surface by sharing a positive thing. Make room for yourself too. Uh, life is not only and always like tra- tragedy and sorrow or darkness and difficulty and hardship. Like that's not the only way we learn or grow or connect to other people by by the hard things. Like we also like learn, grow and experience joy together by sharing some of the things that were not the worst things ever, but were easy or good or lighthearted or simple or natural or obvious. And so for the to the unicorns, I had to say, even to my friend this week, like, don't shy away from that. Don't feel like it's less or insignificant or anything in that way. Like, again, that's a deflection from you having to accept the fact that this is, that life is good. Like, how cool is that story? How much better are, are all of us when we hear that this is good and this is what's happening in my life? It's encouraging. It's good. So here's the other thing. I'm going to put a permission slip up on Instagram this week and I want you to grab it and I want you to screenshot it and I want you to print it out and I want you to write yourself a permission slip to whatever it is that you need. Permission to make time for yourself. Permission to make space for yourself. Permission to grieve that thing. Permission to rejoice at that thing. Permission to relax. Permission to to acknowledge that this is already enough. Permission to enjoy summer. Permission to work hard. Permission to kick ass. Permission to have a good marriage. Permission to have a high maintenance marriage. Whatever it is, give yourself that permission. Write it out. This is your get out of jail free card. What do you need to give yourself permission to do? Is it an hour a week of something where you're like, I need to give myself permission during that hour to go to therapy and work on myself and do that thing so that I don't keep dragging it around with me? Is it that women's seminar or conference or retreat? What is it? What do you need permission to do? Is it to go to the gym for the first time? Talking to myself again. (laughs) Like, what do you need? What do you need? If you were sitting here today with me, I would absolutely not let you out of this experience. I would sit here and and make you come up with something so you could write it down and say, hey, what is it for you? What do you not give yourself permission to do because other people have it worse and there are starving children in Africa um, and your life this or that? Like, forget that. What do you need permission for today so that you can live a wild, beautiful, precious life? Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. E-L-Y-S-E at trailercast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends. 